Hey everybody, this is Eric of the Fat Packs. Wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors this week. Badger Breaks, Dynasty Breaks, Grand Slam Collectibles, Pastime Marketplace. And of course, our phone guests appear on the AIAB Card Breaks hotline. Make sure you're checking all the websites out and of course on social media as well and tell them the Fat Pack sent you. Now, on to the show. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot the shot. I'm coming in. And we are back. This is the Fat Packs Podcast on the Beckett Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Eric Norton. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I really appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out. I know you got other stuff to do, but you coming here it means a lot to me. All right. want to give a quick shout out to all of our sponsors, Badger Breaks, Dynasty Breaks, Grand Slam Collectibles, Pastime Marketplace, and of course, our phone guests, our courtesy of AIAB Card Breaks on the AIAB Card Break Hotline. Thank you so much for jumping on and being a part of the show. Really appreciate it. Speaking of uh, Grand Slam Collectibles, going to check them out at Beckett Night during the National. It's going to be a fun night. They are, spon- they are a co-sponsor of the show along with Real Breaks. As they are uh, presenting Beckett Night, it's going to be a fun night of giveaways and prizes and, and just all kinds of crazy stuff at the Dome. Hope you guys can come out for that. Uh, if you haven't bought your tickets yet, go check out our social media feeds, uh, Fat Packs Podcast uh, at, on, on Twitter, Beckett Media on Twitter, uh, Beckett Media homepage on Facebook. Check it out. You can get an uh, in contact with Ted Barker to get your tickets. There's still uh, tickets available for that. And recently added, uh, 1983 Rookie of the Year, uh, Chicago White Sox, Ron Kittle will be there. You get a free autograph with admission, and you can look for a uh, live interview from the from the event as well. All right, uh, now that that's all out of the way, I want to give a quick shout-out and say happy 4th of July. Hope you enjoyed your day. Hope you enjoyed your day off. You had to work. You know, more power to you. I hope you uh, enjoyed some free time, some downtown if you got it. Really appreciate uh, you all out there doing what you do. Everybody who listens to the show, I know that you have better things to do sometimes, and you hit and play or download means a lot to me. Make sure you head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review. That really helps as well. Um, quick, 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 quick show today. And it's on purpose because I didn't want to schedule – a, a full show with with just it being the holiday, I, but I what I did want to give you a preview of a show that I'm working on called the Rewind. The Rewind is a concept that I that uh, we've been throwing around here for a little while, and basically what this is going to be is just one or two stories, an article uh, from a magazine that you may have missed, or you know, an old interview that 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 got good good reaction it'll be something like that and it's going to be a once a week show called the rewind it shouldn't be any longer than than 15 or 20 minutes and i wanted to give you a quick preview of that as i found two articles that i wanted to bring to you this week for for a quick preview of the rewind both of these are from magazines both are magazines that to be honest with you, I don't know that some collectors know about uh, one. Oh, actually, one of them, the Vintage Collector magazine. A lot of people know about that because that always sells out. That's actually our most requested magazine. But where to find it can be hard, and if you don't pick it up, you're just missing good stuff out of it. So what I have for you is a story from the. I want to get it right. Make sure I get it right, guys. Uh, Beckett Sports Card Monthly September 2018 edition. A story by Ryan Cracknell about chasing down a Del Murphy reverse negative autograph. And then from the August 2016 Vintage Collector, a story by Mike Payne uh, <clears throat> about some transogram cards. And if you don't know what transogram cards is, 
Welcome to the welcome to the club because I didn't either. Called Plastic Greatness. So I got both of those stories for you. I hope that you enjoy them. But before we get to them, let's do new products and new pricing. All right, uh, new pricing wise, we got three new pricings for you in your OPG. All you got to do is head over there and check them out. Uh, first is 2019 Fortnite from Panini. That's priced for you. Uh, this one's a 2019 Steven Universe. That's kind of a fun little. Uh, Fun little card set. Go check that out as well. And then finally, Panini Prism Mosaic Basketball is priced for you in your online price guide. Go check them out. See what it's all about. Then, um, new new products wise, this is fun. Uh, non sport wise, we have 2019 Upper Deck Flare Flare Marvel that is out this week. 2019 Super Breaks Pieces of the Past is out. The the Bar Cuts Edition. And then sports wise. We have 2019 Super Break One-Time Heavy Hitters Edition and 2019 Topps Baseball Factory Set is out as well. So if you're out enjoying the 4th of July, make sure you stop by your LCS, pick up some new products, and uh, post those hits so we can see them. All right, we're going to get to those two stories, like I said. And then on the other end, we'll have a, a, a quick little outro. And I hope you enjoy this. Hang tight. And we'll be right back. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Chris from Buck City Break, and you're listening to the Fat Pack on Beckett Radio. The first article we're going to take a look at is from the September 2018 Sports Card Monthly issue by Ryan Cracknell. It's called Backward Edition. It's about the elusive reverse negative Del Murphy. Everybody loves this card, and uh, this is just something that I thought maybe if you don't pick up Sports Card Monthly, you might have missed. So. Let's go ahead and check this out. What do you get when you combine one of the most iconic baseball cards of the 80s, one of the decade's best signatures, a cross-country sports pilgrimage, and a little creativity? For starters, one of the coolest autographs ever. The adventure and the experience that go with it is even better. Del Murphy is a gracious autograph signer. Whether it's at the ballpark or for card companies, he's long had that reputation. Murphy's signature also has one of the best penmanships in baseball, even when it's written backwards on one of his most famous cards. Daniel Jacob Horney. Daniel Jacob Horney has been a fan of Murphy since he was a kid back in the 80s. Getting to see him play was always a challenge though. That's because Horney was all that's because Horney had always lived. He did get to catch his favorite player on occasion, but only when Murphy was in Los Angeles to play the Dodgers. But in June, Horney went to Murphy to participate in the Dell Murphy experience, an intimate opportunity to hang out with a two-time MVP and seven-time All-Star. It's an event that happens only a few times a year. It's great. Basically, you get to go eat with him at his restaurant, and he walks you through a tour of SunTrust Park. Then you get to watch the game with him in a private clubhouse at the park, said Horny, who made the journey to Atlanta on Father's Day weekend. It also meant plenty of opportunities for chit-chat, hanging out, and, of course, autographs. I knew that I would have extended time with him, so I took my time in deciding what to bring, recalled Horny. I knew I wasn't going to get rushed through a line somewhere like I normally would. The night before he left, Horney was going through his extensive Del Murphy collection. I was thinking of what would be fun or unusual to get signed, he said. I thought, what would be kind of funny to get a blank error card signed by him? With that in mind, I started thinking about the other errors that he has, which brought him to the most famous one of all, the 1989 Upper Deck Del Murphy Reverse Negative. The card has a flipped image, making it look backwards. The mistake was caught early, but some still got out. According to Upper Deck, 2% of Murphy's cards still have the error. It was 1989, so that still means a good number of them exist, but still a lot less when compared to the corrected version and the King Griffey Jr. rookie card. 
when it first came out, the error card was wildly popular. And while it might not command the same level of fervor today, it remains one of the most important cards in the landmark release. Raw copies still consistently sell for $25 or more. Jim Mint graded copies are in the $150 range. Getting the card signed would be impressive, but Horny, who has more than a thousand different Del Murphy items in his collection, wanted to take it up another level. He wanted the signature to match. That meant a reverse autograph on a reverse card. When Horny presented Murphy with the card, the Braves legend was familiar with it. Getting him to understand the unique autograph request was a little harder. When I asked him to sign it backwards, it took a little explaining what I actually meant, said Horny. I think he thought Murphy Dell or something like that. I had to say, if you were to hold it up to a mirror, writing something backwards is tough. Our brains aren't really wired to work that way. Recognizing this, Horny came prepared. He grabbed a digital image of Murphy's signature and flipped it ahead of time. This gave Murphy a chance to practice before the final backwards autograph. Horny still has the paper with the early attempts. Despite the popularity of the card, Horny did say that the five-time Gold Glove winner mentioned it was the first time he had been asked to sign it backwards. He seemed really tickled by the request and seemed to really enjoy the challenge, Horny said of Murphy's response. He wanted it to look right. He definitely took the time to make sure it was good. This wasn't the only unique souvenir Horny, an animator and graphic designer, brought back to California. About five years ago, he went to a signing that Murphy was at in Orange County. Horny came with an old Polaroid of him surrounded by his Del Murphy cards from when he was a kid. He convinced Murphy to take the picture, holding the Polaroid with a puzzled look on his face, while Horny was with him, excited to meet his hero. Skip ahead to his trip to Atlanta. This time around, Horny brought a print of the more recent photo. Murphy totally remembered it from the five years before. So, of course, Horny went down the rabbit hole one more time. So I took a picture of him, holding a picture of him, holding a picture. If I see him again, you know exactly what I'm going to do. While this was an overwhelmingly positive experience for Horny, an early in-person encounter with his baseball hero wasn't all this way. Horny got to see Murphy play in person for the first time when the Braves came to Los Angeles around 1989. Like a lot of kids heading to the ballpark, he got together all of his cards of his favorite player in hopes of an autograph. Shortly after arriving, Horny looked to the other side of the field and saw the familiar number three signing by the visitor's dugout. He ran to the opposite side of the field and joined the line that was forming around Murphy. I had my stack of cards in my hand and I'm just out of my mind excited, Horny recounted. I get closer and closer and closer to him, and I'm next in line. And in that moment, fate took a horrible turn. Murphy let the crowd know that he was out of time and he had to go finish prepping for the game. He went to the dugout, and I absolutely lost my mind. I went back to my seat, and I cried. I made my mom cry because I was crying. I was absolutely devastated. It turns out, fate had something else in mind. It would just take some time to bring this chapter of Horny's childhood full circle. A few years later, Murphy was back in Los Angeles this time a member of the Colorado Rockies. Horny arrived early to watch batting practice and managed to catch a pregame foul ball. After taking the ball back to his seats to show his parents, Horny saw Murphy was signing on the right side of the field, the opposite of where he was. Then history repeats itself as Horny grabs his ball and boots across the stadium. I'm thinking, I'm going to get disappointed again. I'm standing in the line and I get to him. He takes the ball, signs it, and gives it back. Redemption. Over the next couple of days, Horny checked the box scores to see how Murphy was doing. It was part of his routine in keeping up with his favorite ball player, but he noticed Murphy was nowhere to be seen. Finally, after several days of no mentions or stats, he saw a headline announcing Del Murphy's retirement. Just by random cosmic chance, I got to see Del Murphy's final game, see his final at bat, catch a ball, and get it signed by him at his very last game, Horny said. I have that ball still. It's probably my most prized possession. Today, Horny doesn't collect like he did when he was a kid. 
but he still chases Del Murphy's cards. He focuses primarily on stuff from his playing days. The new stuff is interesting, but it's frustrating because you can never complete it, he explained. I put parameters around my collection for the most part to his playing years just so I can have a chance to finish something. Corny doesn't totally ignore new stuff, but he limits himself to cards he only finds interesting. He also mentioned that becoming a father changed his priorities somewhat as well. Experiences are key to this hobby now, which is what sent him to Atlanta and led to one of the most interesting Del Murphy autographs of all time. This is Joe Peccio, Toy Super Collector, and you're listening to the Fat Packs. The second article we're going to take a look at is from Beckett Vintage Collector, August 2016. This is a magazine that if you can find on your shelves, uh, it's an absolute fan favorite. It's it's filled with just, just a who's who in the hobby. It is a fun walk down memory lane. Memory lane, there we go. And uh, it's just a piece that it, it always sells out. It absolutely always sells out. This is the most requested magazine we have at the National. It's the most requested magazine we have anywhere, any show we set up. This is a great, fun magazine. It's full color. It's uh, absolutely just great to work on and put together. And this comes, again, from August 2016, Plastic Greatness by Mr. Mike Payne. In 1969, long before anyone had heard the words full articulation or mint in box, Kids walked down the toy aisle at stores like Woolworth and Kmart and found hanging on pegs small boxes holding small baseball figures. And on the back of those boxes were baseball cards. This passed as big news in the neighborhoods where baseball cards were collected, sorted, rubber banded, shuffled into teams, played with on the carpet, and generally handled like the link to the baseball players they were meant to be. At the time, nobody knew, let alone cared, that the plastic figures inside the boxes looked nothing like the real ball player supposedly being depicted. If the Transagram company was telling the kid that what he was holding in his hands was a piece of art closely resembling Willie Horton, then that's what it was. Only, it wasn't. But then again, who knew? Certainly not the intended targets for these creations. Kids. This was well after the original Heartland run and some 14 years after the release of the W605-1955 Robert Gould plastic minifigures featuring Major League Players, a set that was retailed via single players for 19 cents in five-and-dime stores. The gold figures may have better captured the players' faces and uniforms, but they were not movable. This meant if third baseman Ray Boone was depicted with his glove up over his head waiting for a throw from right field, then that's what it would, he would be doing for eternity. Anything else, anything else, and the piece would crack and break. The lore of the Transagram baseball product was partly the packaged figure and partly the bright yellow bordered cards on the back. Transagram bought at least some of the images for the cards from either the original freelance photographer, the same photographer that sold to Tops, or they bought directly from Tops. That would not be all that unusual either, as Tops provided production help and photography for other sets such as Hostess and Ed U cards. The cards were to be cut out along the dotted line, and many survive today in great shape, where the person cutting put some time and effort into it, and others, well, not so much. Some are cut so bad that most appear to be designed die cuts, but sadly, they're just butchered cards. The 1969 and 1970 transogram cards look very similar, but the way to tell the difference to the players that appeared in both sets is the size of the card, assuming it was cut as it was intended to be. Both years are blank backs, but the 1969 cards are sized slightly smaller 
than the slightly larger 1970 cards that measured 2 and 9 sixteenths by 3 and a half. Most of the players in the 1969 Transgram release also appeared in the 1970s, although the 70 set did include three new players exclusive to that set, Reggie Jackson, Boog Powell, and Sam McDowell. Likewise, the 1969 set included one player, Joe Torrey, with the Braves and updated him in the Cardinals in 1970. One of the most collectible parts of the Transogram figures, maybe the most collectible outside of a still in-box figure, are the cards. If the images look familiar, then you are a collector of Topps cards from the era. The majority of the cards, but not all, use the same images that they were used on Topps, suggested that either Topps printed the cards for Transogram or sold the images to the company. The 1970 follow-up to the 1969 single box NL and AL All-Star players consisted of two different sets. A 1970 All-Star, All-Star series, but this time three figures to a box rather than just the one. And a special, the Amazing Mets 1969 World Championship Collector figures set that consisted of 15 different Mets players. Three to a box for a total of five different boxes. The big card among the Mets players is Nolan Ryan, part of the box that also contained Cleon Jones, and Tug McGraw. It was Ryan's only transogram appearance, and his card image shows signs of obvious airbrushing, which suggests that Nolan may have been wearing a minor league Jacksonville cap when the picture was taken. The Amazing Mets set was released in five boxes. Al Weiss, Ed Cranepool, Tom Seaver, Art Shamsky, Gary Gentry, Tommy Age, Bud Harrelson, Don Clendon, Ron Swoboda, Cleon Jones, Nolan Ryan, Tug McGraw, Jerry Grote, Jerry Kuzman, and Ken Boswell. Some full boxes of all Transagram releases remain with cards intact, but as you might imagine, the years have not been kind for some of the boxes and figures. That's the reality for a 47-year-old collectible made of cardboard with a cellophane front. Sometimes the cellophane is punched inward, the seal broken from who knows what, and some boxes are crushed on the sides, clearly not making it the shape it was supposed to be from the factory. For the most part, the cards on the backs are easier to find than the small figures. Small figures barely two and a half inches high get lost or become the victims of the vacuum cleaner. Cards with their bright yellow borders did not suffer the same perils. They just suffered bad scissor cuts. Transagram cards can still stump collectors, partly because they're not at every weekend show, but also because they are blank blacked and carry no transagram markings. I was at a show a couple of years back and asked the dealer if I could see his stack of transagrams. What did you call them, he asked. I told him what they were and where they came from. Oh, thanks, he said, with only a slight hint of appreciation for discovering what was in his own inventory. I had no idea what those were. Now, at least I can look them up. Transagram disappeared shortly after the release of the final baseball figures, but the company lives on with its miniature sculptured plastic one-player-fits-all baseball figures, bright yellow cards, and a story worth telling. This is Marlon from Sparty Hawk Cash, and you are listening to Beckett Radio. All right, so there you go. There's a there's a preview of the rewind. It's going to be a weekly show again. It's going to be a weekly show with uh, two two maybe two, maybe three. Doubt it, but two stories, uh, maybe an interview of some some past articles that you might have missed from one of our magazines, or you know maybe a podcast interview that you that you missed or something that got some big play. And I want I want feel like it, I want you to you know catch it and don't miss it. So uh, that's a concept that I'm working on. And it should be live sometime after the national. Uh, but wanted to give you a quick preview. Hope you guys like it. If you have suggestions for stories or, or magazines that you might want to want to go back to, please tweet at me at Fat Packs Podcast and let me know, or at Eric and 
Uh, geez, I don't even know my own Twitter handle. Let me look. That. Uh, what is my Twitter handle, folks? I don't know. Man, I suck. What is my Twitter handle? Oh, it's at Eric Norton three sixteen. That's what it is. That's probably why I don't have very many followers. They're all over here on the Fat Facts podcast. This was fine, but uh, Eric Norton at at Eric Norton three sixteen. You can find me there and um, tweet at me. Let me know what magazines you might might like to hear uh, articles from, and I'll be happy to read them uh, read them to you. And if you have any other suggestions about uh, interviews that you might want to hear again or uh, that you might have missed, please let me know that as well. All right, uh, want to give another shout out to our. Wonderful sponsors this uh, Badger Breaks this week. Badger Breaks, Dynasty Breaks, Grand Slam Collectibles, Pastime Marketplace, and the AIAB. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't have a cough button. And AIAB Card Breaks, and you can hear them on the AIAB Card Break hotline. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for being a part of the show. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to Chicago. I saw some news uh, on Twitter that – that Big Shep might be out there at the at the national, which he, if he is, man, I, that'd be great. I'd love to meet him in person. That'd be awesome. Um, let me know if you're coming to the national. Stop by the booth, say hello. Uh, we'll take pictures, chat up. We'll you know, do whatever you want to do. And uh, just really looking forward to meeting as many of you as I can. But that's it for this week. I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know that many of you are on vacation, uh, hanging out with the family, chilling, doing whatever you're doing. Again, I hope you had a blessed fourth. I hope you were safe. And until next week, just keep listening. Cue the Drake. Thank you.